This is Emmanuel Today, taking steps toward God's possible in your life. It's now time for you to sit back and prepare for insights on your walk with Christ. Let's join today's message right now. My title of my message is Stepping with the Spirit. Say that with me. Stepping with the Spirit. I believe that we have an opportunity to do some new things, exciting things through the Spirit. Um, I'm a people watcher. And uh, how many of you are people watchers? You love to watch people and you just wonder what's going on in their story and thinking about what's going on. In our neighborhood, we have a lot of couples that walk the neighborhood. And uh, you'll see them walking together, different ages and stuff, and I'll wonder what their story is. And they usually come by at about the same time every day and get to see them during uh, the pandemic season and then shelter in place. There are a lot more people out walking and biking and that kind of thing we watched and observed a lot. Well, way back in the day, when Jody and I were first married, we would go for walks. And, uh, and I was, I had some things to learn. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Well, I had some things to learn because I would get on a walk and my goal was to get to the destination as fast as I could. So I would walk fast and, and uh, it kind of destroyed the opportunity to have good relationship with my new wife. And so Jody had to say something a couple of times to get my attention. She said, slow down. Slow down, walk at my pace. She said, you know, your legs are at a different length than my legs are, and you're walking fast, and we're not spending time together, and my pace was preventing us from truly being together in body and mind and in soul. And in reality, if I didn't adjust my pace and walk with Jody, I wouldn't really gain the benefit of a shared experience. See, the truth is we all need to learn to adjust our daily walk with God and sync up with the pace that he has for us. There are many people who are rushing into our days, running headlong through our rhythms of jobs and errands and responsibilities, and then when we hear bad news, and we're hearing a lot of bad news around us all the time, or face a difficulty, we're plunged into anxiety or fear or just plain frustration, and we may miss out on the benefits of the fruit of the Spirit, the love and the joy and the peace and the patience and the kindness and the goodness, the gentleness, the self-control. We might be missing out on that because of our pace. So the scripture encourages, and Paul, one of the authors of the New Testament, encourages us to slow down and walk with the Spirit. In fact, it says it this way in Galatians chapter 5, verse 25. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. In fact, I want you to read that out loud with me. You ready? Here we go. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. There's a responsibility that we have to learn to pace with God. What if we learn how to take our steps with the Holy Spirit, to pace with the Spirit, to adjust our daily rhythm every day, not just Sunday morning, but Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday as well. And we listen to what he has to say to us. I love other versions sometimes give us a different angle on that same verse. In the message translation, it says this. Since this is the kind of life we have chosen, the life of the Spirit, let us make sure that we do not just hold it as an idea in our heads or a sentiment in our hearts, but work out its implications in every detail of our lives. That is so powerful. 
Because there is a, there's a, a common activity amongst Christians, and that is we believe certain things that we don't apply to our life. We might acknowledge it as a truth in the word, but if it's not in our life, if we don't do the work of bringing it into the details of our everyday, we miss out on the power of what that truth is. We miss out on what is possible. And to do that, we have to learn how to walk sometimes in a different way, at a different pace, at a different speed. And learning a different way may mean unlearning our old way. It may mean that we need to approach our days in a different way than we always have. Because the way we do things is the way we've always done things sometimes. It's the way we were taught to do it in our homes. And uh, our family of origin has a profound impact on how we grapple with anxieties of life and decisions that we make, the food that we eat, the patterns that we have. All of that comes from some place. Some people grow up in rules families where there's rules for everything. How many of you grew up in a rules family? Where you, and if you break the rules, you are toast, baby. You messed up, it's over. You are grounded for life, right? And uh, the problem with that is when you grow up with it's all rules, and it's always only rules, when you get in trouble, you think you have to use rules to get out of trouble. That you have to adhere to the rules and just work real hard at it. And of course, the New Testament talks about a bunch of people that wanted to rely on the old rules, the old law, to get them back to a place that only Jesus could get them. And they wanted to work their way back to a place of peace. Other people, they grew up in places of families of origin where there's freedom. You were never given any rules. You could do whatever you want. And some people are like, that's awesome. I wish I grew up in a family like that. No, you don't. Because people that grow up in a situation where nobody tells them right from wrong, doesn't say, warning, 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 don't go there. They find out by accident. And now all of a sudden, the rules for relationships and what you do with your body, you've done things that now there's consequences for those decisions. And nobody ever told me that. We have many people in our church that will come on a Sunday and they'll hear me preach about something and they'll go, why didn't anybody ever tell me that? It would have saved me so much trouble. Only freedom doesn't help you either. So here's what I'm saying, on either end of the pendulum, either rules end or freedom end, we tend to kind of rotate. Sometimes we buck against whatever we were raised in. People that were raised in rules want only freedom and people that were raised in freedom only want rules. And then that's how you train your kids. And it's a reaction to the previous generation. And let me tell you this, we can learn a different way than just the way we've always done it. You don't have to just be like your dad. You don't have to just be like your mom. There's a new way, and that's the promise of the New Testament. Now when we deal with all of the tensions of life, it always happens in our mind the way we think. In fact, 90% of our frustrations, our worries, our triggers are in our thought life. It's not with what we do out here, our pressure is on the inside and here. And the tension of the mind is when we wrestle and worry about things we cannot control. I've got a rubber band up here. So they got a couple of them. And uh, these rubber bands are used, they can go around manila envelopes, they can keep things together, hold it together. That's what they're used for. Office supply companies will utilize these kind of things. And uh, this is used, I also use the, how many use rubber bands when you're kids? You're gonna shoot them out. 
and uh, have a lot of fun. I, I use it as a slingshot. <laughs> I would shoot things across the room, that kind of thing. But a rubber band is, uh, use, uses tension for whatever it does. So the tension either propels something or the tension holds it together. Tension is not a bad thing, it's a real thing, and it's good, okay? Tension when you work out with weights or those, tension can be a good thing, it actually builds the muscle, it can do good things. But tension that doesn't have control or something controlling it can make you snap. I think we got a lot of people in America right now are snapping and they don't need to. I think we got a lot of people in the church that snap too quickly and they don't need to because they're out of control. They're just, they're not yielding to the Bible way of stepping with the spirit. And friends, the spirit keeps us from snapping in our tension. It keeps, he can keep us from snapping. And the promise of this new life and following Jesus is that we can battle a different way. We can walk through our days with the spirit. Listen to the way the New Living Translation says the same verse we've been looking at in Galatians 5.25. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. In other words, who are we following in our tension? Who's leading us in our tension? Who's the leader? The Spirit alone knows how to free us from the battle in the mind without losing our minds. And instead of winging it, and figuring it out on ourselves, we can learn to trust in the Spirit. And the Spirit's way is different. Look how Paul addresses this thought in Romans. In Romans chapter seven, there's a whole chapter I won't read here, but he, he talks about all the tensions in his own, own life. He acknowledges his weaknesses, if you will. He says, listen, the thing I wanna do, I don't do. And the thing I don't wanna do, I do. Oh, wretched man that I am. How many of you have had that kind of conversation with yourself? I know I should be doing this, and I didn't do that. I know I should have ate well yesterday, but I didn't. And all those kind of things pop into the mind. Paul acknowledges those things. But then, those are all things in his head. It's a battle up here. That's, that's where our battle is, it's up here, okay? And he feels like there's nothing I can do about it. I fail no matter what I do. And then he continues his thought into chapter eight. I want you to look at Romans chapter eight, verse one. He says this, so now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. I wanna stop there. He, his mind goes back to the truth. He is not out of control. How many know when Jesus sets you free, he sets you free? That you are a new creation, the old is gone and the new has come. So he says, there is now no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus, verse two, and because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. In other words, in the middle of your tension, where you're feeling like you're ready to snap, don't forget you're not out of control if you're in the hands of the Lord. He's got you. Turn to the person next to you and say, he's got you. <laughs> he's got you. And when we are battling sin or we're battling life or we've got the tensions in our brain, we need to recognize the life-giving spirit has freed us. You are loved, you are in. The spirit has freed you. Not the old script, the old voice that might have said you failed or you're a loser, you're out. And then Paul talks about how his thoughts lead to his life. Look at verse five, this is very interesting. 
He says, those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the what? The Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your what? Your mind leads to life and peace. If your thoughts are full of fear and anxiety and anger and bitterness and jealousy, the sinful nature is controlling your mind and it leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. So I want you to consider this thought. Wherever your thoughts are going and what is ever happening, it determines who you are following. If you're just kind of following your own way, it leads to things that are unraveling, snapping, hurting people, building strife and frustration. But if you turn those thoughts over to the Spirit, the Spirit will lead you in a different way and provide peace and kindness and gentleness and self-control. He'll come in there and help you in situations that you can't help yourself. Now how, how do we implement that thought that Paul gives us into our everyday life? And this is where every day with the Spirit, taking steps with the Spirit. So how to take steps with the Spirit every day? Let me give you three things and I'm done. First, intentionally begin each day with the Spirit. Intentionally begin each day with the Spirit. This sounds so simple and in a church, I'm getting like bored looks on your face above your mask. Like, duh, sounds like something the preacher always says. But I'm just gonna tell you, this is elementary, this is foundational. If you let your mind be by the Spirit, you're gonna get what the Spirit brings up. The fruit comes with it, okay? I think the church has lost a lot of fruit because our minds aren't being controlled by the Spirit. We're following our own sinful nature and we get the results of that, okay? The first thing was intentionally begin the day with the Spirit. Paul says this in Ephesians 5. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, everybody said instead. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. And give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Whoo. He says you got a choice. You can do this, or instead you can have the Holy Spirit. And what we can do is we can learn to begin our days by listening to his voice. Let me tell you something right now. There's a lot of voices out there. And the biggest voice is yesterday. Yesterday, what happened yesterday? What happened in our past? What thoughts are going through our mind? The things that we put our head on the pillow for at night and we're wondering if we're gonna make it the next day. Then we wake up and we start behind. We start behind because the voice of the past is calling out our name. If we let that voice, it will lead into how we interact with our family that morning. 
Or we go to work or we go to school or we go to the places where we need to go. And when we get to those places, now all of a sudden we're still operating on the voice of the past. Or instead, we can turn and say, today, I want the spirit to lead me through today. Yesterday is gone. Everybody say that with me. Yesterday is gone. Right now, I need the spirit to help me move into today. It begins with saying, I I need you in my today. Many times the Holy Spirit will begin to speak to us through the word of God. He'll speak through the word. You read the word of God, and it's an easy way to know what the spirit is saying. Why? Because the spirit inspired every part of it. You read the word not just because the pastor says it's an important thing to do. You read the word because you need the spirit to speak to you through the word of God. The word of God begins to speak to you and remind you of who you are. I am bought with the blood of Jesus. I am a part of the family of God, adopted in. Condemnation is not a part of my story because Jesus is in my story. You have an ability to embrace the truth of the word instead of the voices of yesterday. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You have an ability to listen in. I want to tell you that we need the word and the spirit. There's many people over many centuries that have read the the word of God and they've owned the word of God, they know the facts of the word of God and they use it as a sword to kill people around them. The Bible says that the letter kills. It actually comes in, it it can wound people, it can be misused to hurt others. The word of God has been misused over the many centuries and millennia to hurt people. That's why we need the Spirit of God, because the Word of God without the Spirit of God, and you dry up. But I also know that there are people in the Pentecostal charismatic world that all they want is feelings. They want the Spirit. They, want the, they don't want to read the Word and what it says to them about their life and how to live righteously, and they only want the Spirit of God. But listen, the Spirit of God without the Word of God, and you blow up. You unravel. But if you take the word of God and the spirit of God, guess what? You grow up. You need them both. You need them in your life and in your story. You need to begin to listen in. And I believe that if we listen in, the spirit wants to talk to us every day about the word, about our pain, about the day ahead. And he alone can help us shut the door to yesterday. We need to learn to do that. Some of the things that I think happen to us is we need to think of how we're hearing him. It's like a cell phone. How many have a cell phone? Let me see your phone. All right. You pull out a cell phone and uh, there's all kinds of signals coming into this room right now. Hopefully if you're on your phone, you're on the Emmanuel MN app following along with the notes right now. You're not checking your fantasy football lineup or something like that, right? But there's signals coming in. Okay, a signal coming in. It bounces off a tower and it comes in. There's a little chip inside the phone that identifies that signal, translates it so that you can hear. If somebody or a phone call, give you a phone call, that chip enables you to hear the voice. We have a chip in us, if you will, that we need to initiate every single day so that we hear the voice of God coming. Unfortunately, some of us have damaged our receiver. And we're wondering, God isn't speaking anything to me. No, you're just not listening. You're not tuning in to what he has to say. And I believe that the Spirit wants to talk to us every day about the Word, wants to talk to us about our pain and about the day ahead. 
Let me add one little piece to this. As you begin the day and you're listening to the Spirit, you can learn how to pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. To not just pray a prayer, but to pray in or with the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 14, 15 says this, well then, what shall I do? I will pray in the Spirit, and I will also pray in words I understand. I will sing in the Spirit, and I will also sing in words I understand. In other words, Paul is, in this whole passage, he's talking actually about what Pastor Andrew preached last week, that there's a spiritual language that we can have with the Spirit. Some people call it tongues and other things, but it's actually an intimate, connected God. We don't understand what we're saying, but it's a language between us and the Spirit. So Paul says, I begin the day, and I talk in my words I understand in my native tongue. Some of you, that might be English or French or Spanish or whatever it is. I, the things I understand, I pray those things, but I also pray in the Spirit. Did you know that when words fail, the Spirit can kick in? That we can pray in both? And as we begin a day and we don't know what's coming, we don't understand what's gonna happen, we don't know how to make it through, how many know the Spirit of God does know what those things are? And we can pray in the Spirit. Ephesians 6, 18 says, pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Second thing that we can do to stay in step with the Spirit is we can turn our weaknesses over to the Spirit. We can turn our weaknesses over to the Spirit. Oftentimes, we actually separate our weakness from the Spirit of God. And I'm just gonna tell you right now, you need to take your weaknesses right to the Spirit of God. Romans chapter eight, Paul goes on in that same chapter we were reading earlier, and he says this in verse 26, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. In fact, read that out loud with me, that first part. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. The Holy Spirit is there to help us in our weakness. He goes on to say, for example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. I love this because Paul is wrapping this all in. Many times, uh, 828 is kind of memorized apart from the other part. And, and you know, God weaves everything together for good. And, yeah, but I want you to catch that part before it. He says, in your weakness, your weakness is connected to things being put together. Sometimes we think because I'm weak, there's no way God can put this thing together. But in reality, he begins it in verse 26 by saying, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, and when we learn to pray in the Spirit and partnership with the Spirit, even when we don't have words to describe what we're feeling on the inside, when we pray in the Spirit, the Spirit has a way of going beyond our thoughts and beginning to fix things that we can't fix. There are so many things in our world right now that we can't fix. So many. You read somebody's opinion on a timeline, and you're like, you're wrong. And people are snapping on each other. Some of you might have been snapping on other people around you, not to help them, but to hurt them. There are so many things we can't weave together for the good. 
And we try to do it in our flesh. And Paul is saying, listen, bring your weakness to me, to the spirit. And when you bring it to me in the spirit and you begin to pray in the spirit, this is why I love the fact that God has given me a spiritual language. I can pray in tongues between me and God. And it's a promise for all believers, not just the clergy. It's for everyone. When I begin to pray in the words I understand, that's one thing. But then when I begin to pray in the spirit, the things I'm feeling on the inside, God has a way of going in and understanding standing those and weaving all of that together for the good. And by the way, only God can fix most of the things that we worry about. And as long as it stays in our heart, it pulls us down. We feel overwhelmed. We feel like we can't make it. But the Spirit knows how to bypass our thinking. He can move beyond our limitations in our thought life. That's the power Spirit baptism in spiritual language. Holy Spirit connects us to the Father. Sometimes it's groanings without words. I've seen many people grieving from the loss of a loved one, crying and praying in the Spirit, and God is doing heart and brain surgery without any words that we understand. Psalm 23, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are what? With me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. It's the acknowledgement that even though I go through the dark things, because you are with me, I can make it. What if you took your greatest frustrations and shared them on your walk with God? What if you discovered that the Spirit can give you his self-control and his peace? Somebody say, I've, I've prayed before and the struggle didn't go away. That's when you receive the grace that is bigger than your struggle. This is the way Paul talked about it in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. He says, three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. He's talking about a thorn in the flesh, something that he didn't want to be, be a part of his life. Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best where? In weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I'm just telling you right now, when we learn to drop our guard and go, I'm having a hard time with this, Lord. I'm wired to be analytical. And I'm up at night and I'm trying to fix things while I'm trying to sleep. And meanwhile, I can't sleep because I'm still trying to replay the day's tape in my brain. And I can't relax and it's going through my head. That's when God says, give me the dang ball. Give it to me. Because you can't handle it. It's your weakness. That's okay. Turn it over. You turn it over and now I make your burden light, your yoke easy. See, weakness is an opportunity to invite the Spirit into your story. It's an opportunity to invite the Spirit into your story. Don't hide it. Ask the Spirit to join you in it. The third and the final thing that I would say today is this. If we're going to step with the Spirit, we need to listen and yield to the voice of the Spirit. To listen and yield to the voice of the Spirit. Little kids learn to recognize their parents' voice when they're born and they're being raised. The voice is calming and authoritative. It's essential for little children to feel loved and affirmed 
that they're wanted. And as they grow, the voice of the parent becomes more and more authoritative in specific ways. Don't touch the hot stove, why? Because you'll get hurt. Don't go into the street before looking both ways, why? Because there's cars coming through. So the voice gives more directive and there's more release for the kid to make a choice after they've spoken. Good parents, and I mean this, good parents, adjust their voice as the child matures. They don't treat a 13-year-old as if they were five. They adjust their voice over the time. And when you start with the spirit, it may take time to recognize the spirit's voice, but you will grow in it. And the more freedom that is given, there will still be boundaries to life. That's what the word of God gives, our boundaries. They're meant for our benefit. Sometimes the spirit will discipline us. We'll feel conviction. Something isn't right. I stepped over the line. Things aren't in alignment with heaven. I don't know why. I'm, I'm feeling a check in my spirit. Something may be going on on the inside. But listen, when we step outside of God's boundaries, his discipline is always redemptive. It's discipline so that you aren't hurt by the wages of sin next time. He warns us so that we don't feel the pain. He wants us to be in alignment with him. And the ability to hear the spirit at every stage requires our invitation and our submission. In other words, I'm just gonna take the information from the spirit and disregard it because when we reject the voice of the spirit, the spirit goes away. He isn't gonna talk until we come back. In fact, I've often said this over many years, that if you're wondering where God is and you haven't heard his voice, go back to the last place in your life where he told you to do something and you said no. Because it's at that place that the Spirit stopped talking to you and you need to go back and repent and say, I'm sorry, Lord. I know you told me to go this way and I told you no. This is how the psalmist says it. Search me, O God. Know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Search me, God. I wanna walk in rhythm with you. I wanna be built up by you. I wanna receive your truth. I want your joy. I want the ability to persevere. I want the ability to love my enemies. I want all of that, but Lord, I don't feel it right now. And I don't know what's going on. Would you forgive me for not relying on you? I want your voice in my life. Search me, lead me, I submit to you. Sometimes if we've damaged our receiver, our cell phone, if you will, and it got crashed to the ground, we need to simply repent and turn back to God and say, I wanna hear you again, Lord. This fall, in autumn in America in 2020, there are thousands of noises playing at the same time. And they're running over the top of each other in social media and the news and life and the economy and there's political dogfights and uncertainty about the economy. I mean, even driving down the road in my neighborhood creates tension. I have neighbors with signs in their yard supporting political opposites from their next door neighbor. And it's as if people are pitted against each other. 
And if you believe something different than me, you're an evil person. And you can feel the tension in the air. You can feel it on a timeline of social media. Sports are no longer athletic fields of competition. They're political arenas. Parents aren't sure what to tell their kids about issues that used to be opinions, but now people are bad or good. And most voices are demonizing people who have a different position than the other, declaring that this is the most important issue in American history. And the rubber band is tightening and people are snapping. And opioid and alcohol abuse are at all-time highs and people are trying to medicate the tension that's on the inside. Christians are losing their peace. And I think Christians have lost the fruit of the Spirit. Because their mind isn't following the Spirit, they don't get the fruit of the Spirit. Their mind is following their sinful nature and they get the results of following the sinful nature. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. Our hope is not in following other voices, it has to be in listening for the voice and adjusting our pace to walk with the Spirit. Slow down, Nate. Some of you might say, but I just can't hear from God. That's, I get it. That's a real relatable feeling. But what if you change your statement from I can't hear from God to, to Jesus is my shepherd and I can know his voice by the Holy Spirit. I can. See, there's a dance that the church needs in relationship, a closeness that the church must have to the Spirit in these last days. And if we don't stay in the dance, we're gonna miss out on his direction. Jesus said this at the end of Revelation. At the very end of the book of, the, of Revelation, at the end of the Bible in Revelation 22, Jesus says this, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this message for the churches. I am both the source of David and the heir to his throne. I am the bright morning star. The spirit, that's capital S, the spirit and the bride, which is the church, say come. Let anyone who hears this say come. And let anyone who is thirsty come. Let anyone who desires drink freely from the water of life. Church, I want you to hear me in this political season no matter what happens from here to November and beyond November. The church has no business getting caught up in all of the arguments of our age. We need to be busy dancing with the Spirit, listening to what the Spirit is saying, and only listening to the Spirit. This is an hour when the church hears from so many different sources. You can listen to a thousand preachers, you can listen to prophetic voices, national leaders that are all wanting to use you to accomplish their goals. And it's happening at a rapid pace. The church has been used and abused for all sides of the political arguments. And you know what the problem is? We've been stupid enough to listen to voices before we listen to the Spirit. 
Because when we listen and we're in rhythm with the Spirit, when we hear something that the Spirit is not directing us to, we will recognize that's not the voice I've been listening to every day. That's not true to the Word of God. No, I can't listen. Yes, you're a Christian. Yes, you're a leader. Yes, you know there's good things and there's a war and there's a battle and there's political things going on and history is at stake and all of those things. But I don't follow your voice. I follow the Good Shepherd and the Good Shepherd is leading me to the voice of the Spirit and I must listen to his voice. I must listen to his voice. Every day, every fact, every decision and activity that we are seeing, we need to lean into the spirit of truth and follow the leadership of the spirit. Let's walk in the spirit, pray in the spirit, and stay submitted to the spirit. Now, many of the people that are out walking, they've got Fitbits, Apple watches, and other watches, and uh, they count their steps every day. How many of you, you count your steps? Any of you guys? You just count your steps. And you get towards the end of the day, you're like, ooh, I still got like more steps to get in. And either you go for a walk or I've seen some people are sitting in a chair and they act like they're walking. They're just trying to get their walk. <laughs> Fake until you make it, I guess. That's what they're trying to do. <laughs> I think as Christians, we need to start our day stepping with the Spirit and walk with the Spirit throughout a day. You're like, but I gotta go to work and my mind gets on other things. I get it. Everybody got, we have days, right? We have appointments and schedules. But what if along the way we're just like, I'm still walking with you, Spirit. I didn't feel good about that conversation I just had with my wife. I, I'm frustrated by what I heard on the radio. I, whatever, you hear it, but you're partnering with the Spirit. Spirit, this is what I heard. You're letting him into your weakness throughout a day. By the time you get to the end of the day, if you haven't got your steps in, you pause and you go, Lord, I can get my steps in with you today. I need to spend some time with you. So I wanna spend a little bit more time with you. I'm gonna sing a song in you. I'm gonna worship you. I'm gonna put on some worship music and do what Paul said. I'm gonna pray in the spirit. I'm gonna get in rhythm, in dance with the spirit. Because before I go to bed and my mind goes crazy and my head hits the pillow, I need to know that you got my brain. You got my thoughts, that you got my soul, so I'm gonna step with you. Can I get an amen to that, church? I wanna get my steps in and step with the Spirit. Would you stand with me in all of our locations today? Whether you're Emmanuel at home or you're in Elk River, Maple Grove, or Spring Lake Park, I wanna do something before, right before we go to worship, we're gonna sing together. I wanna just ask you, Put your hands like this. I'm not gonna pray over you right now. Actually, I want you to open up. You know, the sign of surrender and openness is when you, you don't have your arms crossed. But you're just like, Lord, you see me and you know me, and I wanna let you in to my world and into my mind. And if you need to repent and go back and say, Lord, I'm sorry, I broke my receiver. I wanna come back to that place where 
Lord, I can hear your voice again and I can follow your leadership. There is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Or maybe you're in a place where you're like, I just, Lord, I've been battling this thing as a parent. I'm worried about my kids. I don't know what to do about this situation. You can talk to them about it. So next 30 seconds, and then we're gonna begin to sing and open up our life to the voice of the Spirit. Just, I want you to begin to talk to them right now. Come on, lift your voice to them. Just, Lord, here I am. I'm talking to you. I'm, I'm, I'm opening my life to you. I wanna walk with you. I wanna get in step with you. I wanna be in rhythm with you. Hallelujah. I want to hear what you're saying. We as a church want to hear what you're saying. Let the church hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Lord, lift up the weary. Strengthen those that have fallen down. I pray, God, that you get people back into step to today with your Spirit. We're coming after you. Lord, we love you. We worship you. Thank you for listening to Emmanuel Today. You can learn more about the various ministries that Emmanuel offers and see Sunday services live every week. Check out emmanuelcc.org for details. Please be sure to tell others about this broadcast that they could enjoy next week at this same time.